The year is 1995 and the horror landscape is starting to change. People are tired of the slashers. Uh, People are tired of Michael Myers. People are tired of Freddy. People are tired of Jason. People are wanting something different. But instead of getting something different, we kind of got more of the same. We got the studios trying to squeeze out whatever they could when it came to these franchises instead of pushing for it with something new. And because of that, the horror genre kind of, I don't want to say died, but kind of kind of slowed down a little bit uh, for a little while. Um, it's just, it, I don't want to say take a, it took a long hiatus, but it definitely died down for a little bit because we weren't getting anything new. Um, in that big abyss of remakes and reboots and starting over or fresh starts, whatever you want to call because really when you think about it, the 90s in a lot of ways kind of started the trend that we see today. You know, it wasn't as bad back then as it is now, but a lot of that we can say started back then. You know, you had the um, the one I remember the most, I think, would be the Dawn of the Dead remake. Then you had the um, infamous Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation, which I don't know if that was a reboot, remake, or what that was. I don't think they even knew what it was. You had Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was kind of a a sequel, but also a reset in a way to bring uh, Freddy back, which honestly I think was a brilliant way of doing it after what Freddy's dead um, did to that franchise. Then you had, you know, Jason and Jason, Jason had been in New York. Jason had gone to hell Uh, later on. Jason would go to space. So, you know, you kind of, you know, see where I'm going with this. You know, we started seeing reboots, remakes, and instead of really giving us new stuff, they kind of rehashed old ideas or old things and tried to shine them off and make them new. Wasn't really successful in my personal opinion. But one of them, um, I would say, kind of shined brighter than the other ones to an extent. And that's the uh, Halloween franchise. And this film that we're going to talk about today is, I would say, very infamous within the franchise. Um, probably the one of the most talked about in the franchise at that time. You, um, it definitely was the most bootlegged film out of the franchise at that time. And this film was notorious for having multiple cuts. This was one that had multiple script rewrites. This was the one that had different castings. We'll get to that later. Uh, this one had uh, some super, supernatural elements to it. More than they should have, in my opinion. Uh, this one is probably one of the most confusing ones in the franchise to an extent. But... Is it a good film? Is it a bad film? That is the question. This film is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? A long, long time ago, it was a night of great power. When the days grew short, all across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. And they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman.
again, you know, we're back in 1995. Michael Myers had been MIA for a little while. Uh, the last Halloween film I believe we got was in 1989. I believe that's when Halloween 5 came out, if I'm not mistaken. And that one, it, it didn't do so well. You know, so when, when you look back on this franchise, you had the first film, which to me to this day is still a classic. It's still a masterpiece. It's a little dated, but to me it's probably the most copied horror film of this generation, last generation, its generation, however you want to word that. Um, you look at the Friday the 13th franchise, took a lot from that Halloween film and, of course, made it gorier, you know, added more blood. But a lot of that I, I, of the ideas came from Halloween. I mean, even Freddy to an extent, like I think everybody has borrowed something from the first Halloween film. Truly a timeless classic. Uh, I watch it to this day. Love that film. Second film, not as good, but still a good film. This one, I think, started to imitate the imitators. Um, instead of sticking in its own lane, it kind of wanted to stay in a lane with the other ones, which is never really a good thing, in my opinion. Um, when when you're being imitated by other things, you don't copycat what they're doing because they're copycatting you. But despite all of that, I still say the second one was good. You know, Michael Myers was not as mysterious anymore. You know, he wasn't in the shadows. He certainly got more screen time, which I mean, as a fan, I think is a good thing. But at the same time, it can be a bad thing because you see him all the time in that movie. Um, it wasn't as scary, and he was definitely a lot more uh, gruesome for that time, anyway. But still, a good film. Third one. Okay, so here's how I feel about the third film. I thought the third film was a good film bite me um yes it's cheesy yes it's corny uh yes it's extremely dated but the movie was flat out fun and honestly when you think about it john carpenter and everybody that worked on this film is sick because you sit there and you look at what the third film was about kids are putting on halloween masks and then i believe it was on well of course obviously it was on halloween and when they listen to that infamous jingle that is in that film the, the freaking bugs, termites, worms, and snakes and everything came out of the mask. And I think that is just horrible. I mean, they had to be sick to think of some at that time frame. But it was entertaining. You know, I think the problem with that film, and I, I, I think what hurt that film, and I think it still hurts the film to this day, is the fact that it was called Halloween. It should have just been called Season of the Witch. Because the movie had nothing to do with Michael Myers. The only thing, time you saw Michael Myers was it was a trailer that played at the bar of the first movie. And that was it. So I don't think it should have been called Halloween because you kind of slap your audience in the face. They think they're going to see a Michael Myers movie. In reality, no, they're not going to see Michael Myers. They're going to see a movie about masks attacking people and a sick, twisted old man that's happy to do it. Good movie to me, but, you know, I understand why people like it, dislike it. I'm sorry. But to me, it's a great film. The fourth film, we went back to the basics. To me, it was the best sequel at this point. Um, the second one and the fourth, to me, those were the best sequels. But I think the fourth one was slightly better. It was a reset to an extent. We brought Michael Myers back. Uh, he was dark again. It was brooding. He was in his shadows again. And he it was a mystery. You know, it wasn't. 
you know, in your face, you know, like part two to an extent was, in my opinion, anyway. Um, of course, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis at this time had become a big star, didn't really want too much to do with the franchise. So the only thing we get to see of her in this movie is um, pictures, which is fine. We're at least acknowledging what the, you know, previous films um, laid out. And, you know, she didn't have to be in it. Uh, they came up with the plot line that she had died in a car accident. Okay, fine, cool. All right, so she's dead. But I think the problem would be is all of a sudden, who does he kill? Because unfortunately, what the second film did, well, I won't say unfortunately, because at that time, it was, you know, seen that Halloween 2 was going to be the final film, at least for Michael Myers' storyline. So I guess that's why they brought it up. But they also introduced him having a sister, and that's the character Jamie Lee Curtis played. All of a sudden, in the rest of these films, uh, it was all about family and him wanting to kill everybody in his family. And eventually, that would hurt the franchise, as we will see in part five and six, and maybe even the, the, the later films that came after part six. It's just... Because now it wasn't so much about this mysterious man that just kills on Halloween. No, now there's a motive, which is cool, but it's always better, in my opinion, to keep things more simplistic, which they kind of deviated from as this franchise went on. But keep that in mind, fourth film was still awesome because it still kept it simple. Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis, his sister, Laurie Strode, is dead. Now he's going after his niece. Cool. Simple. We can still follow that. I can follow that. That's perfectly fine. But then we get to the end and we believe that Michael Myers is dead. Of course, we've seen this a million times. And they kill him. So they think whatever. And we get back to the house and all of a sudden his niece, you know, kills, you know, her guardians. And that, I believe, to me, I think it could have been an interesting film had they did part five. And, you know, maybe she was the killer or whatever it may have been. But I guess that was, I don't know, maybe that was too much for people to handle back then. I don't know. People can handle a child killing people. I don't know. I have no idea. Or it could have been that they sat there and said, hey, remember part three? Michael Myers wasn't in that and we didn't make any money whatsoever. But to me, I think they should have taken, taken that risk. I think it would have been a calculated risk had they did that. But they didn't really go that route. Instead, we end up with part five. So... Part five picks up right where the fourth film left off, which is fine. And we see how he escapes. Okay, a little unbelievable um, that, you know, when he gets blown up, he just happens to land in this river or crawls out and lands in this river and then falls downstream or whatever. And somebody finds his body. And this is where things get weird. Um this old man finds his body and brings it back to his house. This is still, I believe, in Haddonfield, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say where they ended at part four was still in Haddonfield. So you mean to tell me that, okay, you mean to tell me this guy has never heard of the Michael Myers mythos or have never heard of Michael Myers, doesn't know what he looks like, and he decides, oh, I'm going to take him in. Oh, sure, that's a brilliant idea. No. Stupid. First things first, any big dude wearing a plain white mask, no, you you get away from me. I'm sorry. I don't see your face. I don't know who you are. And then Michael Myers basically passes out. And I guess 
we're left to believe that he lays there for a year into Halloween again and decides, okay, time to kill again. And then he kills the old man. And then from that point, we go off to Jamie, who has this telekinesis thing where she knows where Michael Myers is, what he's doing, what he's about to do. And she's in this, she's insane now. She's in this house now, this 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 mental house now. And it, the, the movie never just it just continues to get weirder. All of a sudden, the Myers house looks like some type of fucking castle that should be in the fucking Legend of Zelda or some shit like that. It's just the movie just gets weird from that point. And Donald Pleasance, the guy bless his soul, phenomenal actor, Doctor Loomis, um, his character Doctor Loomis is pretty much an insane nut job in this movie who's risking everybody's life to kill Michael Myers. So that. Which to me, I think his character was never about. His character was about protecting people from Michael Myers, but he's damn right freaking risking people's lives just to kill Michael Myers. And so the movie, it just it's it's weird. And then you have this tattoo on his wrist that is supposed to symbolize Thorn that we have never seen in any of the other films until now. So we're supposed to believe that that's been there the whole entire time. You have this mysterious man in black walking around, you know, everywhere that Michael Myers is at, but we don't know who he is. We don't know what he what he symbolizes. Why? Because we have to make a sequel to explain that shit. And the movie ends with them taking Michael Myers to jail in handcuffs. I kid you not. Michael Myers gets taken to jail in handcuffs because he did not break out of the mental institution in the first film and drive off. He's going to be taken care of by being handcuffed in jail. <laughs> and then that's where we end up with six. I'm sorry. I know that was a long, you know, long explanation of getting to this point but i think you had to know before we got to this movie what you're dealing with here and you know what to answer the question that i asked earlier is halloween six the curse curse of michael myers a bad movie no i don't think it is is it a good movie unfortunately i don't think it's a good movie either i think it's a in-between film most people either hate it or they're gonna love it as I said, this film is one that was bootlegged countless times because there was multiple cuts of this film, and the better cut of this film is the producer's cut, which makes more sense. The story flows a lot better. It's not as violent. It explains everything um, a little bit better than the theatrical cut did. But what happened was the studio saw this film and said, oh, shit, this is a confusing ass film. Oh, shit, this is not bloody enough. Let's amp up all of this shit. And it was not needed at all. But this is what happens when the studio sticks their head too much in a film. First mistake of this film is for whatever reason, they did not want to pay Danielle Harris the money that she was asking for, which I don't think think i don't know what she was asking for but considering that she was the star of four and five and was one of the reasons that four was so successful um, five i mean i don't think anybody could really save that because it came out a year after the fourth film and it was rushed but i you, i think and at this time they waited so long to do it because i think like i said the last one was 1989 
they had waited so long that she was of age. She was, I believe, a teenager by the time this one came out. Part six came out. And for whatever reason, they didn't want to pay her or whatever. It's like as she tells a story of it, I think. And I think that they ended up not going with her at the last minute, despite her spending money to get things. I forgot what it was exactly. Um, you would have to look that up. Uh, yeah, I know I'm slacking a little bit there. But I know she paid to get new headshots and things of that magnitude, if I'm not mistaken. And they ended up still saying, no, we're not going to go with you. And your character is not that valuable. And we're going to kill you off within the first act of the movie. Talk about douchebags. Complete douchebags. Because she wanted to be in this film. And then she started reading the script. Second mistake of this film. Michael Myers apparently is really not that clear, even in the producer's cut, to be honest with you. But uh, Michael Myers apparently impregnates his niece. What the fuck is this? So, yeah. so I, I don't know. If they just sucked the semen out and then stuck it in her or whatever it was. Because like, I, I, I can't imagine them. So, what? So, so right now you have two strikes going against you. One, you're bringing back a very loved character, even in the film, film, fifth film, and as well as the fourth film. Um, Danielle Harris' character was very loved in this franchise. You're bringing that character back, you're bringing Jamie back, and you have a new actress. Okay. Okay, well, recastings, they happen all the time. Fine, we'll let that slide. Two, he impregnates her? What? Uh, Because of this curse and this cult? And uh, what? So now you got two strikes and nothing's making sense right now. I will say I think the movie was ahead of its time with the whole cult thing because that's kind of where horror films would go later on um, in the upcoming years, which is why in a lot of ways... In some ways, this film was a little ahead of its time, just a little bit, because um, some of the stuff that you see in that movie, you ended up seeing in later horror films, which is not surprising. Like I said, I feel like the horror Halloween franchise is probably, in general, the franchise in general is one of the most imitated franchises of all time. But because of the curse, because of this tattoo, because of everything, he impregnates her. Okay, well, okay, this is some weird shit, but fine, I'm going to watch this movie anyway. In the theatrical cut, we meet Dr. Loomis again. We see Dr. Loomis, and we see that he's still alive. He has written a book, but all of a sudden, his face is completely clean after being scarred in the fourth film and the fifth film because of what happened in the second movie by him being in that explosion. And they never explain why in the theatrical cut. We don't know. We're just supposed to take, oh, he looks clean face. And then we learn in the producer's cut that he had plastic surgery to clean it up. You think that might have been something that you want to leave in the theatrical cut that people are going to go see. That way we're not sitting there confused out of our mind wondering what the hell is going on here. And from there, the movie just it's, it's weird. It jumps everywhere and it doesn't make any sense and true to what they told danielle harris they killed her character off within the first act of the film in the theatrical cut he kills her that way he can get her baby which i guess is his baby which i guess is his son i don't know how the hell that works because his niece was the one that is pregnant but his he and 
so okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to think about how the hell you will sort that shit out at divorce court or whatever the hell you want to call it. And find out that the baby is freaking gone. She has left the baby somewhere. And now the movie is a wild goose chase to find the baby. And again, to stop Michael Myers and to explain the thorn and to explain this cult and to explain all this shit because the fifth film decided, hey, I want to add the thorn shit. Thank you. Thank you for making what was such a simple franchise into a confusing claustrofuck. Thank you. Oh, so much. So. Um, just a random fact, um, to all the Ant-Man fans out there, um, Paul Rudd is actually in this film and, um, this is actually when Ant-Man came out, this is what I remembered him from. So I had a hard time taking Ant-Man serious because I was like, oh, that's Tommy Doyle from Halloween six, the weirdo. And you know, all my friends made fun of me for that. I was like, well, that's just what I see him as, you know, no harm against him. But he is in this film and he plays kind of a creep. So he's playing Tommy and that's the kid from the first film. If you haven't seen any of the Halloween films, which if you haven't get from under whatever rock you're sleeping or living under. Um, but he plays the kid in the first film um, that, you know, kept asking Lloyd screw it, you know, it's the boogeyman real or you know and, and apparently i guess we get to see what happens when you run into a psycho killer you end up losing your mind or you become obsessed which is what he did he became obsessed with michael myers and everything that happened that night um i think that he, he did what he could do um like i said the movie is already weird so i mean he fits right into the weirdness of this film um, I can't say if it was good casting or not because unfortunately you really don't get a chance to know these um characters. It's just the writing is it's just not there for the theatrical. Now the the, the uh, producers cut explains things a little bit more, but you still don't really get a chance to care about these characters. It just you're not really invested in them. But I will say I have to compliment them because they did get one thing right excuse me, in this film. And that is Michael Myers house does not look like a fucking castle. Thank you so fucking much. Thank you. I, I, I couldn't have asked for more. I just want his house to look like a, a house. It doesn't need to look like freaking. <sighs> and that's another thing that's happening in this film as well, too. Um, his remaining family conveniently move into this house they clean it up and they move into this house <sighs> i guess that was just a way to get them to Haddonfield and to still uh explain michael myers madness i guess i don't know at this point i have no idea what they're going for uh i will say good job at finding a house that almost looks like the one in the first film just like it was renovated it looked like they took what was in the first film and said, let's renovate it a little bit because, you know, new people are moving in. I accept that. That's fine. That, I take that. That's okay. Don't give me a freaking castle in the fifth movie and try to say, hey, this was the house that was in the first movie. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I, I guess nobody said, hey, this is not connected to the first film. I, I, which would be another issue because then part seven comes out and it has nothing to do with part four, five, or six. 
Okay, well, anyway, we're not talking about those. We're not going to talk about those. Let's just stay on track with this film here. So, um, outside of getting the house right, um, I really enjoyed the um, the editing. Um, I just thought that the yes, it jumps everywhere, but I like the way that they did the transitions. I thought the transitions were very cool and kind of gave off something I feel like you would see in later horror films like Blair Witch. It was very glitchy type looking, but I thought it was extremely cool. That was one of the things I that was another thing I thought this film got right. Even though this film did a lot of wrong, I, I, I don't know if I can completely blame this film or the director because, again, they had to clean up what was done to this franchise with the fifth film to begin with. So I don't know if I can completely blame, you know, this film. It tried, but it I don't know. You know, when you pick up something like this and you have a, a train wreck that happened before, how do you fix that? But I really I enjoyed that and the atmosphere um you really felt like it was halloween um you know the leaves that were flying and it just the way that the movie looked i think they filmed this in the winter if i'm not mistaken i can't remember i think this was in the winter when they filmed this movie but it looks like fall like they really did a good job at making it feel like it was fall the atmosphere was phenomenal you know i thought the the um the editing i thought that was great to an extent, the direction was good, just a little misguided to an extent because, again, I understand Halloween 5 put some bones out there and you had to clean it up, but you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't make Michael Myers impregnate his niece. It's just not cool. That's not cute. And then... And you have Dr. Loomis, who's not even present in this movie that much. And unfortunately, this would be his last time uh, in this this franchise, um, Donald Pleasance. This would be the last time we see Donald Pleasance um, reprise this role. Uh, this would be the last film that he did. He um, passed um, right after they completed filming this film. And when you're looking at the film, you know, you can tell he's he's still as dedicated as ever, but he's just now he's really trying to push on to complete this film. And, you know, um, and it's unfortunate because despite that, the way that this movie went, I would have loved to have still seen a sequel, um, especially had they went, um, went the producers um, cut route. Um, with him becoming the guardian of Michael Myers. He's the one that ends up getting the thorn curse and having to watch over Michael Myers, which I thought would have been a phenomenal way to go. But because he passed, they went with a ending where it's believed that Michael Myers killed him. All you hear is screaming in the background and you see Michael Myers mask and that's it. Whereas in the producer's cut, you see what that screaming really was. So I'm wondering, you know, that they just say, you know what, we can't can really continue it the way we want to. So we're going to kill the character all, which I guess is fine. But I just hate that we never got a true sequel to this film. And I, I guess because it was such a mess, I guess, because, you know, people couldn't follow the thorn that they just say, you know what, we're going a different direction. But um, jumping ahead again, um, I'll talk briefly. I want to talk briefly about the producer's cut because I was one of the many people that had a bootleg copy. I owned it, and I'm not a advocate of bootlegging, downloading, pirating movies or anything like that. Um, but I really, I, it was the hardest thing to get. 
and I had the copy from the good old days of LimeWire <laughs> when they existed, and I had downloaded the film and watched it, and I was just like, why didn't they go with this route? Like, it would have been so much better. They kind of show um, what happened with the fallout in Halloween 5, um, and, you know, you see him, uh, kid, they, you see the his, the cult, they kidnap Michael Myers as well as um, Jamie, and, you know, we, we, we kind of see where we get. It's a different intro, Donald Pleasant's character, um, Dr. Loomis is the one that reads the intro, or said, you know, you, for the monologue at the beginning of the film, it's actually him instead of Tommy Doyle. Um, Jamie um, actually lives a little bit longer. Um, Her death is not, you know, as graphic. Um, uh, And the whole, that was another thing with this movie. They tried too hard um, with the theatrical cut, amping up the gore. Um, She unfortunately, you know, took a bullet to the head at a hospital, unfortunately. But she still got a chance to live longer. It's still a weak way for that character to die in my opinion but at least we got to see her a little bit longer we um got to see things tie up a little bit more that you know they invited sam loomis back um to smith's grove they wanted him to you know continue you know his research they wanted him to come back so now we know how this is happening we know why he's back in haddonfield we know it's just continuity everything is making more sense it's flowing a lot better um we see uh, we get, you know, explanations of um, the um, of the thorn, of course, which you got in the theatrical cut. I feel like you got a little bit more detail in this. Um, the Halloween party. Uh, there's a scene where I, I forgot the character's name, but the radio personality um, goes back to the van and Michael Myers kills him. But we don't ever know why. We don't ever feel like, well, what's the point? Just killed this random dude for no reason. But when you look at the... Um, the producer's cut you see that the radio personality guy got into the wrong van and he just he got off in that moment in time um the chase sequence is slightly different um as well in um, the producer's cut they kind of mirror the first film um so it's just everything made more sense um we don't have um the you know the weirdness when they go back it's still weird when you go back to smith's grove but michael doesn't just go on this killing rampage out of nowhere because the studio wanted a bloody massacre out of nowhere and it, it just it was too much a lot of this and oh and when the um jackass husband that's been just living in the Stroh's house he dies a brutal death but it's not where his head explodes and it's just like so you see the movie just has so much going on and it was ridiculous and i i personally think that you know i think the movie was going to be confusing regardless i think that the film itself um probably wasn't going to do extremely well regardless because it was too much happening anyway um it's trying to explain the whole curse and then having the, the thorn fiasco so i don't know if, i think the film was going to be doomed regardless but i think that we would have gotten a much better reception towards this um this film had they released the producer's cut which you can now buy um i think when it first came you um had to buy the box set it was the halloween box set that you had to get home blu-ray but i think they're now selling it separately um of course with Halloween 6 film you can buy the producer's cut or the um um 
and you can buy the, the film and it comes with the producer cut as well as the um, theatrical cut. Um, and I highly recommend getting your hands on it one way or another just to see it because I think that you'll find that the film makes more sense and it's not as ridiculous. Keep in mind, it's still less ridiculous, but I think it's a little bit better of a film. Um, so, like I said, unfortunately, due to Donald Pleasance um, not um, living after this film was completed, I think that's the reason we ended up getting the reset later on um, with Halloween H2O. But I always feel like, you know, in this day and age, you know, you have so many opportunities, like you have animation. And I think, you know, this would be a cool way, maybe not even animated film, but I don't know. I just wish there was a way we can kind of see where this storyline would have gone. I feel like I know they um, created some comics where. Um, they ended up tying up the whole entire franchise. So four, five, six, and seven, everything that happened tied in. Um, you know, it didn't try to act like like H two O tried to act like everything that happened in four, five, and six never happened. Um, so Laurie Strode, you know, they used the car accident where she faked her death, but she didn't have a daughter; she had a son. So you know, it's like they tried to erase everything that happened in four, five, and six. And I always thought that was a cop out, but it made a lot of money. The movie made a lot of money so in the end i know that's what they wanted so but i just wish like it was a on-screen adaptation that we can see that would tie everything up to an extent because i think we're getting another remake or reboot if i'm not mistaken i know it's going to be called halloween returns if i'm not mistaken so basically we're getting another reboot type thing um which i guess you know after Rob zombie came and did his films which is a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. So, um, in the end, you know, I would still, I don't know what I would rate this film. Um, uh, let's say out of five, if I was rating it out of five, I would give it a two and a half to, okay, let me do it this way. We're doing it out of five. And if we're talking about the theatrical cut, I'm gonna give it a two. The, the theatrical cut to me is just uh, Lord. If we're talking about the producer's cut, I'll give it a three. The, it's still not perfect, but it is a lot better. And I'm glad that we have, you know, access to see it now. You can own it. You can, you know, rent it. Or when I say rent, I mean like on, you know, whatever your streaming services are, you know. Um, yeah, you can't walk in a store or whatever and rent anymore. But I'm glad we have access to the film. Um, as the director producers they all wanted it to be so i say definitely give it a look um <laughs> you're probably gonna be mind fucked at the end of it but um and if you really sit there and look at it if you look at it for just being a horror film then yeah you'll probably just you know walk away and say oh okay whatever michael myers came killed then you know whatever if you're like me and you sit there and try to process all of this shit it's a fucked up movie it's a fucked up movie really <laughs> so um Hey, take it for what it is. Uh, that's all I can say. Take it for whatever it is. If you do, go see it. So uh, we get to do the fun part now. And that is where I get to tell you where you can find me. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Trey Visions. You can follow me on Instagram at Trey Visions. And you can follow me on Tumblr at The Real. 
And that's where I kind of post everything that's happened throughout the week. Um, you know, on here, I try to keep it at one film. But if you go on the blog, you get to see all the movie news that's happening within the week and all the exciting things that's happening and my reactions to certain things. I don't talk about television shows on here either. Um, even though I'm kind of thinking about doing that at some point. So, yeah, go follow me on those services. And until next time, I'll see ya.